So far we have considered the first two conversations between the troubled prophet Habakkuk and the faithful God, Yahweh. Today we look at the third conversation that comprises chapter 3 of the book of Habakkuk. And uh, it is a prayer. It is a prayer of worship. It is a prayer of submission. And so let's dive in, uh, beginning in verse 2, where Habakkuk says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk begins his final petition with the recognition of the power of Yahweh. He says, oh Yahweh, I have heard the report of you. I've heard of your work. And I, I kind of like to think of Habakkuk and, uh, a little bit like me. I grew up in Sunday school. I grew up hearing the stories from the Old Testament of, of Yahweh's might and his power in delivering his children from Israel and bringing them into Canaan land. Habakkuk understands through these things the power of Yahweh. And what's his response? What does he say in the text? He says, fear. Do I fear? But he follows this up with a plea for mercy. This is beautiful. He says, in your wrath, Yahweh, remember mercy. When you bring the judgment to Judea, when the Chaldeans come and you discipline us, remember mercy. What a powerful line. Habakkuk does what we need to do in our prayers. He appeals to the character of God. Yahweh's judgment is always tempered by His mercy. Yahweh will discipline Israel, but He will also bring Israel back, embracing them once again. The opening statement is noted by a musical notation in the text, it may be on the side in your copy of Scripture, but the musical notation is this, Selah. Selah, which indicates that this final prayer of Habakkuk was a psalm designed for public worship. And so it's in true worship fashion today that I want us to consider this passage of Scripture, these words about our God. And so please, with, with great attention, with worshipful attitudes, follow along as I read, beginning of verse 3, all the way down through verse 15. God comes from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand. And there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence, and a plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked down and he shook the nations. And then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. 
I saw the tents of Kishon in affliction, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the river, O Lord? Was your anger against the river or your indignation against the sea when you rode on your horses, on your chariot of salvation? You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped at the flashing of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. And you crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrow the heads of his warriors who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. But you trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. You see, it's in this section that Habakkuk testifies to the greatness of Yahweh's power. He, he recounts so much of what we spent last year working through. Uh, the conquest in Joshua, the, the period of the judges moving into Samuel and the times of the kings. Yahweh fighting for His people. Yahweh never once abandoning His people. His power is glorious. It is beautifully depicted in these musical lines. Who, who can stand against this God? To whom will you liken this God? We spend so much of our time enamored with great sports figures. Michael Jordan, Pete Rose, great historic leaders, George Washington, Winston Churchill, Great innovators like Steve Jobs. Great men and women throughout history. And, and, and all the while, so often, I would venture to say most of the time, we ignore the greatness of God. I mean, Selah. Selah for a moment. Notice that, that that's what we're intended to do in this section. We're to sail for a moment and just stop and consider His greatness, His power, His wisdom. Like Habakkuk, we give glory to God when we recount His works, when we speak of the mighty things that He's done. This section is a section of worship. Its intention is to cause us to look away from the weak and the, the petty things of this world and, and this life and consider Yahweh, to, to look away from ourselves and to look to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, who will return. And He will return in the same fashion that we just read 
He will return in might and in glorious splendor that's described in these verses. And so, I want to encourage you to, to just sailor right now. For, for a moment, pause right now. By yourself, with your family, and just recount the greatness of God. Recount His might. Maybe, maybe that forces you to go look at a story that you haven't read in a while from, from one of those texts where you, you see the might and the power of God. But maybe you can just sit and reflect and share His glorious might that you've seen in your own life, in your own family. I want you just to take a moment. Right now you can hit pause on the video and just Selah, just consider. Well, Habakkuk is overwhelmed by his own worship. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a, a strange place to be. The words that he speaks and writes they, they crush him. They weigh heavy on him, leaving him to offer now a new confession. He says this, I hear, this is verse 16, I hear and my body trembles. My lips, they, they quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Friends, when we consider the character of God, when we consider His might, it should, it should make us tremble. I think a lot of us can relate to how Habakkuk feels in this moment. His experience in verse 16. Hearing the word cancer makes our body tremble, doesn't it? Some of you have heard that diagnosis before. Getting a, a phone call telling us that a, a loved one has died makes our lips quiver and our, our bones begin to ache. We feel the, the physical ramifications Habakkuk may very well in this moment have had a, a panic attack as his legs give way and to the weightiness of Yahweh's plan that is now unfolding in his life. But it's there on his knees as he waits for the day of trouble. He trembles and he waits, but he waits with hope because although Yahweh is fiercer than the armies of the Chaldeans, Yahweh is also merciful. He's also merciful. Remember chapter two, we shall not die. And listen, those of us who know Jesus, 
We know this, right? We know that He is a merciful God. And all of this leads to one final prayer. And I don't know if I have found a sweeter prayer in all of Scripture. Notice, notice verse 17, 18, and 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, and the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, and the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Even though all of this happens, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. And He makes me tread on my high places. Ending with the subscription to the choir master. Again, noting this is a psalm meant for worship in public. Habakkuk cries, even though we lose the figs, the grapes, the wheat, we lose the flocks, we lose the herds, I'll rejoice. I'll rejoice. I will rejoice in Yahweh. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I will wait on Him. I will trust in His good and perfect plan. You know the reason I wanted to come to Habakkuk? is this right here. It was this passage that came to my mind that in this, in this sense, even though we can't meet in person right now, even though I can't look you in the face in this, this special place that we meet, I will trust him. And I will trust that what he is doing is good and it is right. That this prayer of submission and worship is what brought me to this book that we've been looking at now for three weeks. Habakkuk will not find strength in Israel's army. Habakkuk will not find strength in Israel's food supply. Habakkuk will not find strength in the, the full cattle stalls. Habakkuk will not find strength in himself. Habakkuk finds his strength in God and in God alone because the just live by faith. By faith. Yahweh will give Habakkuk the strength to stand again. Yahweh will give Israel the strength to stand again. Yahweh gives us the strength. You and me, he gives us the strength to stand again, even today. I don't know what you're facing. We're all facing 
this pandemic, we've all walked through this together. Um, its effects for many have been very limited to inconveniences and maybe having to be around our family more than we wanted to be to the other end where some have lost loved ones. Some's lives have been upended. But we're all facing something. And, and we may even feel defeated today in this moment. Our stalls may be empty right now. The enemy has wiped out our vines. Your marriage may seem over. It's like the Chaldeans came in and they, they took all the life out of it. Maybe that's where you find yourself today. Your child may be sick, even dying. Your fear may be crushing you right now. It may be fear related to what we're going through right now. You, you are just so afraid of what's on the other side of this pandemic or you're so afraid that, that this is never going to end. You're afraid of getting sick. You're afraid of the things that I just mentioned about your marriage or your children. Fear is crushing you. Your grief may be overwhelming right now. Many of you that I love who would normally be in the room with me right now. You've lost loved ones. And the rest of the world moves on. Even your pastor moves on. But, but you don't get to do that because you miss them. And you... You wish you could have one more conversation with him. Your heart's broken. The grief is, is real. It's overwhelming. For some of you, the, the temptation may seem impossible to overcome in this moment. Your depression may seem to be so heavy, so dense and thick around you that you just don't see any way out. There seems to be no escape. I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. Even though, and you fill in the blank, even though my marriage, even though my grief, even though my depression, even though my fear, even though I feel the weight of these things, I will rejoice. I will rejoice in Yahweh. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, it is you who will strengthen me, making me like the deer making me tread on high places. Pray that prayer. Right now, on your weakened knees, under the weight of, of whatever the even though you're facing is, 
whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever you know is coming, through your quivering lips, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in the Savior. Jesus is our salvation. Father, I pray for my friends today. As I preach this, as this is being recorded, Lord, I have no doubt there are things, there are things that will transpire in the coming days that this word needs to address. And I pray, God, that you would find us, your children, worshipful and submissive like Habakkuk. God, trusting you, trusting your plan, willing to wait, willing to live by faith, willing to rejoice, to rejoice even in the trials. Because we know you. We know you love us. We know that you will bring redemption. We know that you will ultimately deliver from whatever Chaldeans we may face in this world. Our Savior is coming again. And He will destroy all of our enemies, even death itself. And God, we long for that day. We are thankful for the promise of that day that we celebrate in the cross and resurrection. Help my friends today, help me today put our trust in you in Jesus and it's in his name we pray amen as I have encouraged you over the last couple of weeks I want to encourage you with this as well take some time to discuss the, the rich beautiful language that's used in this text read through this prayer with your family again Spend some time breaking it down. Spend some time considering these truths. Um, that's, that's the difference between hearing the word and, and doing the word. And so I just encourage you, take some time to do that today with, with family, with a friend. And this week, this is a bigger challenge as far as memory goes, but I just I want to encourage you to memorize this, this, the end of this prayer. Verse 17, 18, and 19. Though the fig tree shouldn't blossom, so on, I'll rejoice. He's our salvation. I just, I want to challenge you to do that. Next week, you know what, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where we're going to be in Scripture, but I am sure of this. Wherever we go, we're going to find a Savior, and I am grateful for that. I love you, Meadowview. Let's continue to strive to know Him and strive to make Him known to others.